It is the Locked On Big 12 crossover. I am Josh Neighbors, the host of Locked On Big 12. Jake Hatches here. He is the host of Locked On Cougars, covering all things BYU. And then also Stephen Simcox is here, the host of Locked On Horn Frogs, all things TCU related. On today's show, a couple things. First of all, uh, it's February 22nd, 8.50 Central Time. We're recording this because that's important. We're going to talk about the Pac-12's television deal, which seems to be changing always by the minute, by the hour, by the day, about the news, mostly negative for the old Pac-12. We'll discuss that. And then also uh, the Brandon Miller, uh, Brandon, actually Alabama is playing right now. It is 24-21 as I look over. Uh, South Carolina is ahead of Alabama. So we'll touch on that. And I think I have an interesting way to frame the situation uh, for you all. So first things first, guys, Uh, always glad to talk to you all. Um, The Pac-12 situation has become interesting because there's a new player that has emerged. And that would be Apple and their streaming platform, which is Apple TV Plus, according to Andrew Marshand over at the New York Post, a former guest of the show and very all over uh, this entire situation says they're emerging as a potential landing spot for the PAC 12. The post has learned it says that ESPN, Amazon and Fox are a little bit lukewarm on the league right now. And so the PAC 12 has come up as a potential landing spot. Uh, no dollar figures were mentioned. I think it's the first thing I mentioned with that too. Uh, no term length was mentioned. So Jake, you are closer to this than Steven and I are. So as I'm sure this talking point in your neck of the woods is mm-hmm. somebody who covers a team that's going to the Big 12. And also in a market where the Pac-12, a Pac-12 team lies, one of the best in football, the Utah Utes. So what has the reaction been and what are your thoughts on the Apple TV news as them emerging as a potential partner? Well, as you would expect, there are uh, a bunch of opinions varying from every un- varying to every uh, point under the sun you can imagine. Utah fans saying that this could be absolute a home run for them; they could be on the forefront of the streaming side. BYU fans, as they are wont to do when it comes to this rivalry, are saying, "Are you kidding me? You're killing yourselves if you're going to go to Apple TV." Let me just put this out there. If they're going to go all in with Apple, because that's that's what it sounds like, is if Apple's going to do this, it's going to be like the Major League Soccer deal where they're, they're going to run all of this. The problem is, based on what I read, 25 million homes only have Apple TV Plus right now. And that is just a minuscule, a minuscule fraction of the overall just reach of a network out there in uh, ESPN Fox, whatever you want to, whatever network you want to put linear wise. So if you're going to do this, you're crippling yourself in the near term with the hope that it pays off long term. But man, I wouldn't even bet on that. Yeah, John Williams is here. Just want to let them know. John Williams from Locked On Sooners <laughs> is here. Uh, so Steve, when you hear this Apple TV, you know it, it's a great point. Visibility, right? I mean, mm-hmm. the one the one thing the Big Twelve has, and whatever people want to say about the dollar figure, right? Are they undervalued? They get the right amount of money at $31 million per school per year. The one thing you cannot say is that they're not going to be on linear cable, whether it's ESPN, ESPN2, ESPNU, ABC. Obviously, it comes with ESPN+. Plus. There is no Fox streaming platform. So you'll be on Fox. You'll be on Fox Sports 1. You'll be on Fox Sports 2. And so that's the one advantage here. And Look, Stephen, I, I think if you're going to make the offer to the Pac-12, if, if you're Apple, you need to make it a worthwhile venture for them to completely abandon, as as Jake mentioned. 
is this is the MLS type deal. No mm -hmm. stuff on cable at all. If we're going to go all the way in. You have to make it worth our while. And, and if I'm the Pac-12, I want like basically near or equal to Big 12 money. And it doesn't sound like that's coming. And I'm not sure. There needs to be a price for a loss of visibility is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it's it's definitely a risk. I mean, you know, Jacob kind of talked about the visibility issue. I have Apple TV Plus. I think it just came with my Apple TV or it came with like some sort of phone perk deal. Like I don't even know what my login is. I can't log into it anywhere else. It's just my TV in my living room. I can watch Ted Lasso, which is fine. I like Ted Lasso. I'll watch the occasional, you know, MLB game on there as well. Uh, I think they do a good job. Like I was impressed with the Major League Baseball stuff. They were trying to do some innovative things. Some of it was kind of, you know, weird and annoying, but I get trying to, you know, be on the forefront of the production side. Uh, but you're taking a massive risk in saying, okay, one, are all like, are all the Pac-12 fans going to sign up for this? But then the bigger risk is who else is going to do it? Like is somebody in the middle of the country who has plenty of options to watch football on normal cable, whether it be the big 12 or the sec or the big 10, and unless they already have the service, are they going to say, oh, man, I really, you know, I really want to watch Oregon-Washington, um, which would be a marquee game. But there's a lot of other games like Arizona State, Colorado, even with Coach Prime, that probably aren't drawing a lot of eyeballs right now. So, um, I mean, you have to like you have to dance with somebody who wants to dance with you. So if this is if this is the person that's courting you at the moment, then I think it makes sense to maybe go a different route and try to get as much money as you can. But I just don't see a way where this is viable unless there's some sort of linear cable option. And I mean, maybe Apple TV surprises us, but I, I can't imagine they're sitting there in their offices and saying, let's break the bank right now for Pac-12 football, even if it's a exclusive, like we get all of it type of deal. And for, Oh, go ahead, Jake. Yeah, yeah. Let me just add one thing. I know the MLS still does have a small package. We're talking like some of the bigger games with Major League Soccer being on Univision. I think Fox right. and NBC are going to be mixed in with that. But it's, it's it's compared to what the overall package is, it's a tiny percentage of actually getting onto linear networks, which, okay, that helps a little bit. But if, th this is a major gamble for the Pac-12. Well, and what we have to understand, the MLS, what, what Apple TV is banking on is that they're much like hockey – is that there is a diehard core yeah. group of MLS fans who say, I want to watch the Columbus crew. I want to watch the, you know, the, uh, the Seattle Sounders. I want to watch Real Salt Lake, whatever it is. And look, they might swing and, and, and go for the fences with that. And college football is much like that with the groups. The problem is the one power conference that you could point to and say there is fan apathy is the Pac-12. There are legitimate questions about the interest in Stanford and Cal, which are two brands that people seem to like, but like nobody there care. They don't care about them. They don't care. And then, but you know, I, I think you'd find maybe your, uh, your Washington States and your Oregon States might be more interested than they are. And then also you know, ASU football, bad Colorado football, bad. Now interest will be up for that, but Colorado basketball, not been great, right? Mm -hmm. There's there's all these little facets about, about this. Washington basketball, not been great. Should be good. Not been great recently, right? Oregon basketball down this year. Like there are, this, this is not the most passionate conference that you could pick to go solely streaming. Do you know why Iowa State fans complain all the time? Because they they love their freaking team. They love yeah. their team. That's why they're always mad. That's why Jamie Pollard made the Longhorn Network comment that he made today. 
It is why we always Iowa State fans being like, why are we on ESPN Plus again? Because they know you're going to pay for it, Iowa State fans, because all of you out there, you are loyal and you love your damn team and you go and you watch it. But, John, I think it's a great point about the Apple TV Plus. If we're talking about a full Saturday slate, you know, Oklahoma's playing Texas and, you know, we got a big game in the Big Ten, Wisconsin, Ohio State, and we got a Clemson FSU and whatever else. I want to have my last buttons set. You know what's not going to be on one of the last because I can't have it on one of the last? Apple TV Plus. Yeah, it's exactly right. And and I think I've seen this question. I think it was Robbie Triano maybe that posed the question on Twitter. He asked, hey, if you don't have Apple Plus and are you, are you going to subscribe to Apple Plus just to watch the Pac-12? And I have Apple Plus, but if I didn't, I wouldn't subscribe to it just for the Pac-12. For All Mankind, a fantastic show over there on Apple Plus, if you haven't checked that out. But it, it wouldn't be Pac-12 football that would move the needle for me. I think I'm like, you know, like Steven and Jake. I've got Apple Plus for free because I purchased an Apple product. Right. So it's mm-hmm. all good. But otherwise, yeah, it, the Pac-12 is just not moving the needle very much. If Oklahoma were to have a Pac-12 non-conference game that was going to be played on Apple Plus, I'd sign up for Apple Plus for a month. Get that pack, get that game, that non-conference game, and then I'd probably cancel my membership. But it's not gonna, it's not gonna drive viewers from the East Coast, Middle America, things like that. And Josh, you're absolutely right, man. The the apathy of the Big Twelve, or sorry, the Pac-12, that's what's that's what's killing their opportunity at a big market deal. That's why the Big Twelve was able to make bank from you know their their network opportunities because. Every fan base is passionate about their school. Every single one from Mm -hmm. UCF to BYU to Houston. I mean, even Houston, like in a big metropolitan area, they've got a pretty strong fan base. They're not a college town, but they've got a solid fan base there. But everywhere else across the big 12, you've got really strong fan bases that really love their schools and are going to be dialed in every single week to every single game, whether it's basketball or football, softball, I mean, soccer, like wrestling. wrestling. I mean, this is, this, this is a college conference. This is Mm -hmm. a college town Mm -hmm. conference that is going to always show up, whether it's on TV or in the stands. I mean, Oklahoma state hasn't, hadn't had a great year to the point that Oklahoma went to Stillwater and that fan base was absolutely electric and was a huge factor a few weeks back in them dominating Oklahoma. So like if they can show up when their team is having an average season, like that should be everything that the networks need to see to say, Hey, I want to invest in that conference, pour my money into them because they're going to put a good product on the television, something that's passionate, exciting. It's going to get people to tune in, whether they're great or whether they're kind of middle of the road, it's going to be good programming for our, 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 our networks. People are going to buy advertising because everybody in those fan bases is going to be watching that product. Well, and once I've mentioned this a bunch and I'll keep mentioning it, but one reason why Fox wanted to be involved was because they liked how competitive the league was. So while Fox does not have a majority stake in the next television contract, uh, they have they have the smaller share. They're banking on the fact that the depth of the league is going to be so good that whatever they get is still going to do a decent viewing, a decent number, because they understand that, that, that the fans, this conference, as you mentioned, are just so strong and so passionate. And, uh, you know, it kind of gets back to, well, if they're not as passionate, why would the Big 12 want them? Ah, it's to crush a competitor, right, mm-hmm. Jake? Because, look, like, 
I mean, I think Colorado's got a good, probably good fan base, and if they're good again. They'll they'll show up and they'll show out for everything. And same thing. I mean, Utah basketball. Oh my God, they they've been great. You know, this has been a great year for them. Now, not not to be a tournament, but this is a good year for them. And you know, Arizona basketball, great. ASU basketball and football have been down, but like you cripple the. It's not really about the the schools they're adding. It's more about the crippling of the Pac-12, and then you being kind of the only big time game in town west of the Rockies offering, you know, and I know UCLA and USC have, uh, you know, can, can make those offerings, but like, you know, it, how often can they do that? Right. I mean, they have to go and play road games at some point. It, it can't, you know, if you wanted to make a 10 PM a week, well, you'd have to rotate their home games every single week. And also you have to put them late every single week as well. So like you could be the big show in town west of the Rockies. And I think it's more about crippling a competitor than it is about, you know, once again, no disrespect to the schools, but that's kind of what it's about for the Big 12 here. Like, it, yeah, that should be the sole focus is getting rid of the Pac-12 because they are a major competitor right now. And yeah. that's what it's about, eliminating competition, as much as I hate to say that. Yeah, carve out carve out your market share. What you're trying to do is you're right. just trying to make yourself, according to what Brett Yormark told John Canzano and John Wilner on their podcast, he wants it to be a truly national conference. And the last place that the Big 12 needs to go is to get truly onto the West Coast. BYU is going to be that Western anchor for the time being, but I don't believe for a second that he is content with just BYU hanging out here in the West and being that Western anchor. He wants more teams, especially actually in the Pacific time zone on the West coast to come in and bolster this conference. Cause he wants to have every time window available to the conference when it comes to their media rights partners. So you're right. It's absolutely more about carving out your market share, ensuring that it is going to be stable while at the same time, kneecapping the other one. And then uh, Steven. So w- when I floated this idea yesterday on the show, if you're Brett, your mark, like I've seen so many, so many shows other places, I love a lot of shows that are floating the idea of like USF and Memphis and all these places. Your sole focus has to be the Pac-12. Yeah. Because, and I've said this a bunch, <clears throat> and for those of you folks who are just watching this for the first time, every podcast is somebody's first. The ACC comes up in 2036. That means the Big 12, if they take out the Pac-12, has a chance to be one of the three major conferences in college football and college basketball that will become – uh, become up for up for contract negotiation before that deadline. The Big Ten, the SEC, and it could be the Big Twelve. And so, as long as the ACC can't play ball, and that's that's, I mean, what are we? Twenty twenty three. We're just starting twenty twenty three now, guys. That's like thirteen. It's like twelve, thirteen years. It's mm-hmm. a decade until that. <clears throat> the Big Twelve could plausibly go to market twice. You could get paid twice as one of the three remaining power for, power conferences available. Stephen, to me, it needs to be all systems go about poaching Pac-12 teams. Oh, I totally agree. I mean, like, yeah, there's some interesting ideas out there about adding a group of five teams, adding some basketball-only teams. You can explore those options, but priority one has to be getting to the West Coast because you're getting a new TV market, and then more importantly, you're just gutting the league. I mean, if you get the Pac-12 out of here, the ACC thing is interesting. Like, I was naming all the conferences where you can watch football – Nobody's talking about the ACC right now because there's like no movement there. I mean, they're just well, it's because their grant of rights is so tight. Yes, yeah, I mean, yeah. I've heard they're, breaking that thing's basically impossible, and it, it's a contract through 2036. Yes, they're stuck in their contract, and it's not even really like on the field issues, even though Clemson's struggles lately have kind of affected that as well. It's just the very fact that like everyone else has some things in motion, including the Pac 12, even though it's mostly negative news, and the ACC has nothing going on because of their grant of rights agreement. So the Big 12, you know, has a chance to stay in the conversation here. And if if you can entice some of these teams, like 
I'm I'm guessing they're going to wait until the dust settles with this TV deal. But if you're Arizona or Arizona State or, you know, kind of like one of these teams that is not just buoyed to um, the, the old traditions of Pac-12, why wouldn't you get impatient and say, you know what, I'm not really interested in what's happening here. I don't have faith in this. There's stability in the Big 12. Maybe they didn't get the most possible revenue, but they got a deal done. They know what they're getting. And in the process, they sort of undercut what the Pac-12 was trying to do. And so you you make that happen. Um, and yeah, the Big Ten and the SEC, they're the top two. But if you can be that, you know, third conference that's kind of in the mix and sneaking up and staying somewhat competitive in this dollars metric, um, then that's a huge uh, that's a huge key moving forward. John, I saw an idea floated out there, and I want to get your thoughts on this, that the idea of maybe the Big 12 making Stanford – Stanford – Washington and Oregon more than a 100% partner. This I saw, so th- so there is one Twitter account I'm sure we've all seen it the MHVER guy who's putting stuff out there like I don't look Dennis Dodd, Pete Thamel, Ross Dellinger, all right? Uh also we're podcasters, we kind of react to stuff. Like I'm I don't really care about breaking news, I'm not sure about you guys, you guys might care more. I don't really care about breaking news. I want to get stuff right. And also I just, I like to react to the actual news that I know, but I thought this idea was interesting and I'm not saying it's been reported, but what if the big 12 were to make an offer to Oregon and Washington to say, we'll make you more than a hundred percent partner. In fact, we'll tilt some funds your way extra. If you come and you join this league, because those, the two, you know, if you get those two, you actually, now would you take the, the four corners? Sure. You would. But, you know, those are the two that really are deciding everything, right? I mean, if Oregon and Washington walk from any TV deal, the rest of the conference, you know, they have to walk too. And the interesting thing is the Oregon and Washington have been deemed not worth the per, the per school value of the Big Ten schools, right? Which was, what, 89, whatever it's going to end up being. But they're definitely worth the, the per school value of the Big 12 schools. So maybe it is worth paying them a little bit extra. This is not a horrible idea. Once again, I'm not saying it's happening, but is it something the Big 12 should explore, John? It's one of those out-of-the-box kind of moves that I think you're going to start seeing with Brett Yormark at the helm of the Big 12. You know, he, he didn't sit back. He didn't lay back. He went and got aggressive, found some of the best, you know, group of five, quote-unquote, you know, programs to add to the conference to keep them viable and and part of the national conversation, extending their their reach and was not shy about the idea that they want to continue to expand. I've always thought that, hey, if Oregon and Washington are an opportunity, you go get that. You make every effort to add those two because they are two of the bigger brands in college sports, Uh, whether it's on the football field, on the basketball court, whatever it is, they bring a lot of value to whatever conference that they're a part of. And you don't necessarily want the big 10 landing them either, because then that just gives them more cachet in their next TV negotiation. So I really do think it's an intriguing option for the big 12 to go to them and say, Hey, listen, things aren't working out with this media negotiations that you're hoping to get. We've got a pretty nice little deal. We've got a good relationship with our network partners. Maybe we can get a little something going, give you a little bit of extra to entice you to come to the big 12. Would that sit well with like the, the remaining eight, you know, that were a part of the big Suck it up. Distribute some money so the rest of us can get a nice television deal down the line. All right. They that, were willing to challenge do it. John. That is a challenge, right? Can it is a challenge. The and current ADs give up some money now. 
Yeah, they were willing to do it to bring in BYU, UCF, uh, Houston, and Cincinnati. But, you know, they got a little bit extra on the back end from Oklahoma and Texas to make up for that. Now, would they be willing to do it again? I think if they saw the long term, the big picture of it, which I think that's where Brett Yormark is key in this. He's not an, an administrator. He's not a college guy. He's a big picture businessman that can go to the, the university presidents in the 80s and say, listen, short term loss for much longer term gain. Like this is going to set us up to be as competitive as the sec or the big 10 in media negotiations. When we have a brand like Oregon, we have a brand like Washington. Cause honestly, like that's what the big 12, that's the only thing the big 12 is kind of missing right now is the, those kind of top 25 brands, quote unquote, uh, that, that kind of carry this national presence, Oregon more specifically than Washington. And so I think if you're able to add that and you can go, you know, from the Northeast or sorry, the Northwest to the Southeast and you have West coast, you have East coast, you got it all covered. I mean, that just does so much for your potential broadcast windows and just really, really intriguing matchups with some really fun fan bases. And man, I I'm a sucker for Oregon's uniform combination. So put that on my TV as often as possible, please. Uh, and also Brett Yormark toast the town during the Super Bowl week. I mean, he was there. Like he, dude, this guy gets it. He just freaking get, he's at the Super Bowl doing what? Just being there talking to people like this guy. This guy knows what he's doing over here. It's like he just he just gets it. He just gets it. All right. Um, second thing I want to talk about, and we'll make this quicker-ish. But I was thinking about this Brandon Miller situation today. And, I, and if you have not read up on it, go ahead and read it, read up. Um, very much involved in a murder, ongoing murder case, investigation, whatever you want to say, delivered a weapon that was ended up and you know to a scene that was ended up used as the weapon and Alabama has been steadfast, absolutely steadfast in their support of Miller and Nate Oates while misspeaking yesterday saying wrong. I believe it was wrong play. I forgot what it was wrong place, wrong time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was basically essentially like, like those vibes um, and had to walk that back. But, you know, more information comes out and they're saying, well, we don't have all the information, but the information we do have, Brandon's fine. We're going to play him. And it made me think like, uh, we had this conversation a while ago about TCU and Georgia and, and what big 12 schools needed to do to close the gap. And thinking about this today, I just thought like, it just means more like these. It's just, it is win at all costs, which I think today guys, it's like, this is a no brainer. There is no chance. This guy should be playing basketball. Not a chance, especially when the athletic director comes out and, and, and in a quote today said that, well, we don't have all the information. Um, the police have more information. But you know what? With what information that we have, he can play. Well, if you know this thing's not done yet and some more information might come out down the line, do you want this young – and I think Shahanji Araja said it best. Do you want this kid representing your university? Jake, it just – I hate to do it. It just means more thing. But, like, this is this is kind of gross. This is kind of gross, I think, in some ways. Well, that's the thing about this is this is just it, – it's a – it's like a PR. It's 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 a PR disaster. That's the, that's the thing about this, perception, reality, whatever it might be. The optics of it are what is what is bad. Because Miller, he's a surefire first team All American, top five NBA draft type talent, and to be mixed up in this in any way, shape, or form is a really really bad look. I, I 
I'll be frank. I, I, I am, I work for a flagship station of an NBA franchise. I can guarantee you the brain trust, of the Utah jazz who I work for would be looking very deeply into this. If they were considering drafting this young man, because they want to know every angle of what might happen here. And I don't know that the police have said there's nothing they can charge him with at this time, et cetera, but the optics of this, that it's just, you don't want to be involved in anything like this because being connected remotely to this, just a bad, bad deal for all parties involved. Steven, there have been college athletes suspended for a whole lot less. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, we, we get the, the violation of team rules, suspensions, especially first couple weeks in college football for, for you can pick your title for this, right? Yeah. Like violation of team rules, <laughs> conduct on becoming of, you know, a, a team. I mean, you could make something up, but it, it would fall under that criteria. At the very least, it's strange that they've known about this for a while and they didn't just suspend them immediately. Like at least for a few games, like maybe let's take a beat here and figure out kind of what's going on. This is an ongoing police investigation. There's, you know, still a lot of twists and turns that could happen. Um, it's, I mean, it's, you know, for, for coaches and administrators that constantly preach accountability and preach being the, the tough people that make the decisions. These are young people trying to mold and shape young yes. people. And in all these things, it it's just, and this happens like this happens when, when teams make these decisions, it just comes back to, well, I mean, you know, we don't have all the facts, right? Like we, we can't, we, we got to do right by this guy and we, we got to just see how this plays out. It's, it's a very weak sounding, um, you know, just not not the way to approach it. And and now the other thing is, I mean, Alabama, I mean, this is not the most important thing, obviously, but I'm I'm reading about what's going on in the South Carolina game. Like Brandon Miller shooting free throws and people are shouting, lock him up. Like South Carolina fans are chanting, lock him up while he's shooting free throws. There's like fights breaking out in the stands because there's people trying to defend Brandon Miller. And that, you know, there's obviously like South Carolina fans that are um, and I'm not saying this is right either, but having fun at their expense and they're gonna experience this. Every time they go on the road and when they go to the NCAA tournament, when they talk to the press over the next few months uh, and apparently Nate Oates, like goodness gracious. I didn't know a lot about Nate Oates before this, but apparently he reached Everything out to Ray. Everything you have to know about Nate Oates, he let us know. He already like, let us know, man. Yeah, and he reached out to Ray Lewis for advice on this. That's what another thing that he said. What was that? <laughs> like, like, I mean, God, I mean, bless, God, God bless the Alabama SID guy who was just sitting he's there like, yesterday watching this. He's like, I thought being good at basketball was supposed to be fun. <laughs> we were supposed to be good. And we, and like, I hate to make light of us, but it's like th- there is a player they have on the team who was involved in dropping yes. off one that was used in a murder. In a, mm-hmm. And also, like, guys, I'm reading the details of this and I read his, read his lawyer's statement today. It does not make sense. Oh, so he's on the way to the scene to pick this guy up and he gets a text, bring my weapon too. And it's like, sure. What I guess I guess we're doing yeah. like he has so and kids are down, but he has so much to lose. And Jake, to your point, there are going to be NBA teams that will not draft him because of this. Yeah. And, and well, it also I think it's also depending on how he handles this. But like, how do you trust this guy? Like, I mean, they're drafting kids anyway. I know. But like, there are some guys people rave about. Right. This guy is 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 well beyond his years. This guy can can pop in every interview, but his actions tell us different because he made a massive, we know that he was texted and asked to bring a gun somewhere at like after midnight and kids make mistakes. I get it. But I mean, John, this entire situation is bad and more information is coming out each day. And the the way to not handle this is like, we're going to apologize for our coach's statement. We're going to admit that facts are still coming out. And there are things the police know that we don't know. 
But damn it, he's going to keep playing. It's just the wrong way to handle this. I'm not saying the kid should be done for the season, but at least have him. You can say, you know what? Brandon needs to sit right now while the situation gets sorted out. He's not suspended. He can still practice, but we don't think putting him in front of crowds out in front representing our university is the right thing. There are better ways to handle this than what Alabama has been doing, but I think it shows SEC mentality. Yeah. Ball ain't life. Like as much as people want to say ball is life, it is not life. Football is not life. Basketball is not life. Ball is not. He's got so much more going on with his life right now. That's beyond basketball. Will basketball be impacted by what's going on? Absolutely. It's, it's inevitable. Teams are going to have a lot of questions. He's going to be undraftable by some teams, but Nate Oates, Alabama rolling him out there while this is going on. I mean, it's not really fair to the kid. I mean, you could, we can talk about what's fair for him and being fair would be letting him play because he hasn't been charged with anything, but is it, this has been such a public ordeal that him going out on the court, it was inevitable that opposing fan bases were going to take advantage of that and try and use it against him, try to use it to rattle him. I mean, we saw, you know, Major League Baseball fans throwing needles and syringes at steroid abusers. Like, this is what sports is. And the Alabama coaching staff, the University of Alabama, didn't protect their kid. And that's really kind of what it comes down to. And, I mean, yes, he could be not guilty of anything. He could just – it could be wrong but, place, but wrong just, time. But guilt has never been the basis for suspensions in college sports either. Like, just your guilt is not – you know, uh, Malik Neighbors is not going to get charged for carrying an illegal firearm in Bourbon Street, right? And that's kind of a decision that we think it should be. Finish your point, John. Sorry. No, you're exactly right. It doesn't – you don't have to be guilty of anything. At the same time, you do have to protect your player. And you do have to just, like, take a beat and sit back and just like, all right, like you said – we're just going to not put them out there in front of everybody and, and let this sort of thing happen where they're chanting, you know, lock them up or who knows what else at him as he's on the court, just trying to play a game. Like it's, there's more to life than it. And if you're, especially if you're a part of the victim's family, like what does it look like when somebody who's involved in it is still just kind of able to go out and live their life and, and go about their business. It's kind of, it's kind of insensitive. And I get like, he could have just been there wrong place, wrong time. But the optics of it are terrible, which is amazing because these universities have such big budgets for public relations and they have people involved and lawyers. have these backgrounds that nobody told the university president, the AD and the coach, like, oh, maybe we should not let him go out. Well, there. It's like we Nate just went out there and started saying stuff. And it's like, you know what? Nate can handle that better. It's like, do we not have a conversation about what Nate Oates was going to say? Right. When you, yep. when your best player is clear, you know, whatever word you want to use, he is involved, involved, involved in a murder He's and charges involved. could come just because yeah. they can't, they don't well, have anything to charge him on now. I can't imagine his, his testimony and is, is not going to be involved considering the, the gun came from his vehicle. It's yeah. just preposterous. And look, I've got, I think Brandon Miller is a fantastic player. I actually, I love watching him play. And I think the sport would miss him if he's not playing, but Good God, man. Like, it's just there's sometimes we just shake our, you know, there's some stuff happens and you just kind of shake your head. It's like, what are we doing here? Like, you know, we put these kids in these, in these positions and it's, it's, it's just win at all costs. And it's like, you know, I learned a lot of lessons in college. I'm sure you guys did too. And like, this is not teaching them at all. Any kind of, he was involved in something and he clearly made some kind of mistake, legal or whatever. Like, 
do not respond. Do not go. Do not bring a fire a firearm when he's asking for a firearm. At, at what? Where is that gonna head? Which direction? Oh, he's returning people's property. Go do it tomorrow in broad daylight. I'll, I'll return your property tomorrow in broad daylight. Like, oh my god! So don't hold it in the first place. Yeah, just I, my my buddy Pastor Carl Day on Twitter. Like that's that's his. He works in Philadelphia. He's really trying to change cultural mindsets about this this hip hop kind of persona and lifestyle that gets portrayed, you know, through rap and social media and all that. And he's like, and he said it best. He's like, don't put yourself in that position. Don't you have too much to lose? Mm -hmm. Why would you, why would you even do that? But it's because of the, the nature of the culture sometimes that these guys feel like they have to, you know, they got to keep it real. They got to, they got to be street when they don't get too much to lose. And it, that's, that's so such a, that's such a shame of this is like a life was lost yeah. and there's no going back. There's no coming back from that. And he was involved in that and he'll never be the same. And potentially no so much more could be lost as well. Like not much more. Sorry. That was terrible wording, but he could also lose something as well. Yeah. And he didn't have to be involved in it. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's my, and, and you know, the last conversation, I think, I think, you know, we kind of had this way was the Kendall Riles thing, right? Where it's just like, it's just blinders on, winning at all costs. And, you know, we talked about that, Stephen, the, you know, the, the, the using all your capital on that. Um, I'm not saying there's been a lot of, you know, I guess Nate Oates has built some goodwill, but it's just like this situation is just so bad where it's, it's, it's whatever. All right, we're going to get out of here. I'll let you guys, uh, let you guys promote your shows and whatnot. So Jay Catch, go ahead. Where can people find you and your work in all of its variety? Yeah, all things BYU at Locked On Cougars. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts, also available on YouTube. So make sure you subscribe, hit that uh, bell to hit the notifications. That way it pops up every time we drop an episode. You want all my thoughts on BYU, check out Locked On Cougars on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And I kind of weigh in on a lot more than that on my personal Twitter feed. Find me at Jacob C. Hatch. Mr. Simcox. Locked on Horned Frogs, you can get it on YouTube, subscribe there. You can also find it wherever you listen to your podcast. And then uh, the show is at Locked on TCU on Twitter. My personal account is at Simcox Steven. If you'd like to follow either or both, that would be fantastic. Senor Williams. Yo, yo, yo. Yo soy. Yeah, yo soy. I forgot Spanish for a second. My apologies. Lo siento mucho. Um, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. The show is Locked On Sooners at Locked On Sooners on Twitter and wherever you get your podcasts. Again, on YouTube, we got a live show every Monday night, 9 p.m. Central Time. Go check that out as well. Um, yeah. And soonerswire.com for other Sooners related things. You guys can find me on Twitter at Josh Neighbors underscore. You guys can find the show at LO Big 12. You all can find the show wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube as well. All right, friends, we will talk to you all next week about. Who, Hooli or Tubi or whatever is going to be the next uh, potential partner for the Pac-12. Talk to you guys then. <laughs>